Breaking news from The Athletic. This is Tim McMaster of The Athletic with our Royals reporter Alec Lewis and our Red Sox reporter Jen McCaffrey reacting to a three-team trade late Wednesday night sending Andrew Benintendi and Cash from Boston to Kansas City. The Red Sox receive Franchi Cordero from the Royals. They also get 22-year-old right-hander Josh Winkowski from the Mets, who are the other team involved in this. They'll get two players to be named later as well. The Mets get outfield prospect Khalil Lee. Um, Alec and Jen joining because to me, the Royals and Red Sox, the bigger parts of this trade. I'll start with you, Alec. This is a move bringing in Ben Intendi, who's got two years left of control. It feels like a win now move. Is the timing right in your mind for that? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Dayton Moore said last night, the Royals general manager said, we believe we can win. Um, and to your question, um, is the timing right? I think Look, the Royals believe they have a ton of young pitching prospects coming up the pipeline, guys who can be middle-of-rotation starters, frontline starters, um, and they want to establish a winning culture for when those guys get here. They want to make it easy on those guys. They don't want to have setbacks for them. They, they've developed very quickly, all most of them from the 2018 uh, draft class. So I think the timing is right in terms of their approach and their goal of establishing uh, the winning culture. Obviously, with the White Sox and what they've done, uh, it, the AL Central is going to be tough with the Twins uh, being where they've been and where they are. It's going to be tough. Uh, Cleveland has has pieces and the Tigers are building. So it's not um, it's it's not conceivable that that the Royals. Uh, had the easiest road, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It's more of a belief culture type winning move now. Jen Cordero, who the Red Sox get here, is actually the same age as Ben Intendi. He's got an extra year of control. He's a guy that has battled injuries and, and hasn't quite settled in, uh, but they also get more pieces as well, obviously, on top of that. So overall, when you look at Heim Bloom and his year plus of work with the Red Sox, how does this fit into his rebuilding plan? Honestly, it's pretty consistent with yeah. what his rebuilding plan has been um, throughout the entire year. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of traded away, uh, you know, main players really of the, you know, what you would consider main players of the Red Sox uh, roster over the past few years to, to get prospects and create more what he's called long-term sustainability to be able to keep this roster um, kind of turning over and younger and obviously players under control. We saw the, the, the biggest move, obviously, last year was Mookie Betts and David Price and, um, you know, headed to the Dodgers. But over the summer, it was Mitch Moreland and Kevin Pillar and Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry trading away all these guys to get a lot of younger, um, you know, again, controllable players that have upside. Um, and this one kind of just fits right in with what he's been doing. Um, and so, so yeah, uh, Franchi Cordero is going to be slotting into the outfield here. Um, what that means for, you know, a, a Jackie Bradley Jr. return. I know Red Sox fans are, are curious if, if that's still on the table. It doesn't really seem like, it, it, you know, it's, it's less optimistic, I think, at this point that he'll be uh, in the mix just uh, financially wise where the Red Sox stand and the moves they've made. It doesn't seem like that's going to be fitting in here. Um, and then, yeah, these uh, another four prospects in return, um, Josh Winkowski. Uh, pitcher pitching prospect from the Mets um, and then 
three players to be named later, which uh, Bloom said that they won't be determining until after the minor league season starts. They kind of had a, a uh, an agreement with the Royals and Mets that they would be able to look at those players because they haven't been able to scout them at all from the past year because of the pandemic. So um, this this pretty much fits in with uh, with what Bloom's been doing over the past you know year plus that he's been here. It's one of those things where the fans, I think, will continue to be maybe a little bit frustrated, but I think he also has enough room to work with that they're not going to turn on him yet. I think he, I think the fans are willing to give Heim the, the opportunity to do this and uh, and show them that he can, right? Yes and no. It's funny. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, on Twitter and in the comments section on our stories on The Athletic, it's, <laughs> it's really split. Um, you have people saying he, you know, they're giving up and giving up on him and he's destroying the Red Sox. And then other people were saying, you know, he's rebuilding the team after, you know, Dombrowski traded away a lot of prospects. So need to be patient. And um, honestly, it seems like a pretty even split to me. Um, there's people that are very fed up with this sort of, they keep saying, you know, Tampa Bay North and, you know, the the Red Sox Rays and all that. Um, obviously, Bloom came from the Rays and, and had the small market mentality. And, and it seems like that's sort of how he's managing things here. Um, but there are people that are willing to be patient. So it's just going to take some time. And obviously, you know, Bloom said in the past that uh, he's not afraid to, to know, to make unpopular moves that he thinks are the right ones for the future of the organization. And clearly he's, he's made plenty of them so far. I don't think he's destroying the organization. He is destroying the 2018 Red Sox. I'll give him that. <laughs> that roster is pretty much gone. Uh, Alec, um, we spoke about Cordero there and the fact that he'll probably step right in as an outfielder with the Red Sox, which makes you wonder why the Royals didn't just stick with him and then, you know, keep these other prospects. What is it about Benintendi in their mind that makes him different than Franchi Cordero, who has shown signs of, of having some great tools? Yeah, I think it's just reliability. I mean, Franchi Cordero, as you mentioned, the Royals had sought him for years, really. I mean, he had obviously been with the Padres, uh, risen the ranks through that system, and they had scouted him pretty in depth. When they acquired him, I know the organization, the, the front office was stoked because they felt he was a guy, left-handed bat, who had been through injuries, and if they could get over that hump with the injuries, he could be a guy who produced the way he, he has in the Dominican Republic. If you go look at some of his numbers in Dominican Winter League, I mean, he I believe his first year he was the MVP down there. They loved what he did. But then last year he comes in his first year and um, started a few games, even in center field at Kauffman Stadium, which is tough, but then broke his handmate bone and that the injury bug kind of bit him again. So um, I think for the Royals, they, they wanted to acquire a piece that, that was as reliable as could be to be able to compete the way they want to. And I think Ben Attendee obviously struggled last year, uh, but the Royals, are they view things very long-term. They always have, and I think they just view the context of, of what he's done over the course of his career. And then comparing that to Franchi Cordero, I don't think there's any question um, in terms of who's accomplished in that, in that form. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing, Jen, for you, and that is Ben Intendi. You know, he's a rare high draft pick for the Red Sox, got to the big leagues quickly, won a World Series, got injured, had a couple bad years, and now he's gone. What? How do you think he's remembered um, in Boston in this yeah, organization? I, 
I think it is sort of like an incomplete um, almost because he had such, you know, such a good kind of debut and even, you know, 2020, the 2018 season, you know, hit two two ninety and was kind of a a huge piece of that lineup and obviously made that terrific play in the ALCS to send them to the world series that catch. Um, So, I mean, he, he was a a hugely impactful player for them in 2018 Um, and even leading up to that, but, you know, kind of fell off the map in 2019, didn't really, you know, uh, sort of in line with the rest of the team in 2019, didn't really live up to the expectations that he had kind of set for himself. And then, uh, you know, got hurt in in 2020 with, yeah, he had a really good summer camp in 2020, but then got hurt with a rib cage injury and, you know, got four hits in like 14 games. And that was it. Um, I think a lot of people thought that he could use a change of scenery. Um, And so I think that's sort of where a lot of this, um, you know, the trade talk even started was that maybe this is time to move him. Yeah. You know, I think people think there's still a lot left there. Um, It just, you know, hadn't come together the last few years. And I really do think uh, that, that, you know, a a move to Kansas city is is just what he, uh, what he needs to kind of get back on track um, and and be able to kind of get back to the player that people think he can be. Um, You know, I think, I think there's still a lot left there and and it probably just wasn't going to materialize in Boston, but Ultimately, I think his legacy here is uh, he was a, a good player for, for the most part, but yeah, sort of sort of incomplete, just given uh, didn't really get to to see him for, for an extended period of time. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to get the video treatment when he returns to Boston, but we'll see. Thank you for joining our breaking news coverage. Go to the Athletics New Headline section for much more on the story. To get access to all of the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can join right now for just $3.99 per month. Thank you.